Hey everyone, this is Jared from Life Behind Beer, the podcast you're listening to right now. Just giving you a heads up, we have a new format that we're trying out using anchor.fm. So if it sounds a little funky, you'll know why, but we're giving it a shout. We're recording this podcast from remote locations across the world. All right, thanks for listening. Hi, Jared. Hey, there's Nicole. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Good. I'm uh, in my office all by myself. Well, that's good. You should enjoy it by yourself. And this is for our A audience, uh, by the way. We're testing out a new app, Anchor.fm, so people are joining in from their phones all over the place. Who just joined in? Paul. Nerd Paul. What's up, Nerd Paul? Hey, you know, so I got a bone to pick with you. Uh, okay. Is, is Let's this, do is, that. Let's is, do that on the air. Okay. So the... going to say we're not on the air yet. Okay. Cool. We're going to keep a. No, it's going to post as is, Paul. So oh, you poke. Paul. You. I don't know. Make it work. Know. Do some, it. Not some podcast you... nerd. <laughs> air, air it out. Generic. Generic nerd. I gotcha. So, what? What's your? Still waiting oh, on Wes, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, no, no, my concern, not my concern, Jesus. My my bone to pick with you is why do I have this 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 moniker of Nerd Paul when you're literally in Florida, maybe one of the nerdiest places in the country. You know, no offense to Florida, Florida. And 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 no, 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 let me get, let me get it out there. You went there for what, like a conference that you won tickets to through like a LinkedIn yes. sweeps or like a LinkedIn contest? No, I, I, I mean. I, I subscribed to a newsletter, Paul, okay. and that, that newsletter, uh, they had, a, they, there was an opportunity uh, to say, hey, if you're all in, <laughs> let's reply all in. And so I did. And then they gave me a ticket. That, that sounds very dirty to me. I don't know. I'm just no, saying, no. I'm just saying, I think it's the pot, the pot calling the kettle black here. But, <laughs> I, I know yeah. what you're doing Whatever. and that's uh, not going to work. It's your, it's yours, it's your, yours to, to own all the way through. Um, yeah, so this is a, a sponsorship by Anchor FM. Just kidding, they're not sponsoring us. We pay, we pay nothing for them. The service, which is funny. Um, but we're you guys didn't so Nicole's give them your credit card information when you downloaded the app. Was I not supposed to do that? Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally. It just it, it routes to me. I gave him my social security number, but like, I mean, I figured it seemed legit. Yeah, yeah, you should. In your home address. Yeah. Middle middle initial, right? Yeah. You're all good. That's good. Uh, so um, this is a call-in service where you can do it. And uh, Wes, are you here yet? He's not here yet. Oh, man. But we can get started without him. Right, we're going to get started because, well, I've got beer drinking to get to. Now it's starting to get into the social hour of this convention that I'm at. Well, so Let's get going. All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Life Behind Beer, a podcast by Iron Horse Brewery. Uh, it's kind of weird because we're not going to edit that out, so I just wanted to officially say that title uh who's on the show nerd paul yeah so yeah i have (laughs) nerd paul here i'm the controller at iron horse do all the accounting and anything else that generally requires a nerdy brain that's uh that's me i guess that's great and nicole uh i'm in charge of content and i'm jared's personal secretary Um, that's not true i'm not sure why he left me here and didn't get me tickets to the conference, but cool. That's that's true. I could have I could have followed the Simon Sinek model and leaders eat last, right? And then just, just had you go to this thing. You'd be much better at it talking to people. 
Well, let's um, just say I'll have more fun on your vacation part with the Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Uh, by the way, I just want to, it's one of those things you want to clarify with your name being Nicole, Nicole, is that if you say Anne Nicole, it sounds like it can sound like Anna Nicole, which is probably not a reputation that you want to be known for. Good just to saying. know. That's how it kind of sounded. If you say it fast enough, uh, it sounds like nickel too sometimes. <laughs> and a nickel. What? Um, okay, well, uh, still no Wes. No I just Wes. feel like I, I don't want to get to the beer discussion. I will start with my beer Wes, and then the, yeah. that I'm drinking. He's not going to be here anyway for our beer, so we'll just get to it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, well, that's uh, all right. So I'm drinking a beer. Uh, I, I deliberately went to one of the, like, there's three restaurants in this hotel that's how big this place is it's at the rose and shingle in orlando florida and uh so i went to one of the restaurants and i pulled out uh i'm asked for their florida beers and all the first thing to notice to know is all of them were florida beers hey there's wes hey hey wes, wes. You made it. Uh, i already did the introduction because uh it would have been awkward silence for our listeners <laughs> right on so welcome. I was just talking, uh, so I went to one of the restaurants here and they only serve Florida beers, and, which is pretty cool. So I, I chose a, an IPA because why not? It's Red, by Red Cypress Brewery and it's a uh, 6% 55 IBU um, IPA. Pretty delicious. I got the big one because I'm also, I'm on a workcation, right? <laughs> And the name of the beer is called Devil's Chair, and I'll just read it. It's Devil's Devil's Chair IPA packs a sinister punch of bright fruity hops and dry bitter finish that won't let go. Um, legend has it that if an unopened can of beer is placed on the Devil's Chair in Casadaga, Florida, at midnight, it'll empty the next morning. It seems the Prince of Darkness also enjoys a cold beer. So they got a sense of humor. Their their art's kind of cool. Branding looks pretty nice, and the beer tastes pretty delicious. So. That's Florida, like in some town that's just referred to as the Devil's Chair, like one of those like tour. Like uh, I'm confused. You said you leave an empty beer on, or not an, an unopened beer on the Devil's Chair in where, Florida? Uh, Casadaga, Casadaga, Florida. Okay. So let's see. They are tech in. Uh, I tried to get as close a beer as oh, possible. Hyper. Yeah. No, this is the way. To- this thing's a full-on urban legend. It's got a Wikipedia article about it and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, that's what they're tapping off of. But anyway, good beer, good branding. It's kind of fun. Giant gator on their website. I, I, I recommend it as a flavor. But what are you guys drinking? That's going to be uh, a little more relevant to our Northwest listeners. So Paul, Paul and I are drinking the new wheat wine ale um, that just... Uh, kind of came out we haven't fully carbonated it yet so Wes is warning us that it might change slightly but um, that's what we're trying the wheat wine ale with honey and saffron called thousand flowers thousand flowers yeah. uh, Nicole what are, your, what are your first impressions of it I guess it's different than a lot of beers we've made <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I'll say you know as somebody who who I, I really don't enjoy 
uh, barley wines that much. I, they're just a little bit too strong, both in terms of the flavor and their alcohol. Uh, I really enjoy this. Uh, you know, as, as, as Nicole says, not not a you know barley wine; it's a wheat wine. So obviously, it's going to be pretty different in terms of its flavor profile. And then you add the, those really you know strong flavors uh, that, that she mentioned: the honey and the saffron. And uh, it just, it comes together really nicely. It's not, not overly boozy. Um, you know, the aroma is just, it, it's really pleasing. I mean, that honey, especially just, just really, you know, it, that's the first thing that you pick up. And then, and then once you kind of, after that, you pick up that saffron, it's, it's delicious. I'm, I'm very, very excited about this beer. Yeah, um, and, and, then, and it, it's just a one-time beer. It'll never exist again. Single batch, uh, single batch beer. Uh, I don't even know if all the employees are going to get a bottle of this. It might sounds like it might be kind of a lottery system, like we did with the uh, coziest sweater last year. Right. Um, so it's too bad. Wes, how did Wes, how, Wes, how did it come out from your perspective in terms of brewing it and uh, well, getting it to package? Uh, so I haven't tasted it yet personally, but I know from at the making it side. <laughs> We Damn it, Wes. I know. I know. So disappointing. Uh, <laughs> from a production side, though, we took a recipe somewhat similar to what you'd think of as High Five and uh, obviously made kind of an Imperial version. So, somewhat different, but in some ways, obviously, like with adding a lot of honey it was similar just a lot more of that i think at one point when we were in the process of making it it was actually being referred to as high 10. oh okay okay this is the high 10. yeah but obviously much stronger and um very different from the high five but Sure. I think conceptually it kind of started from a, a similar place. Well, that's and good enough. Instead of where in high five we had ginger, uh, we were thinking about you know other kinds of spices or things that we could add instead of ginger. Sure. Yeah. So our uh, so our high five fans will really want to look out for this. Um, I wish I was there to take it to t- taste it. Um, so what? so we know that the format is going to be, I'm going to cut you off, Nicole, because I was talking rude. and you're trying to cut me off. Don't be rude. Just Hanging <laughs> this up on this call now. Anchor's a little weird because you can't see people's body language, so you don't know if like they're about to jump in. Um, no, I was going to say, so we, we're packaging 38 cases of, of 22s. Um, if my math is correct, that's less than 500. Nerd Paul can tell us what that works out to be. I can't uh, 38 cases. Uh, let me just do some computations here. Uh, yeah, just under 500, uh, 456 bottles. But right. I believe also uh, we are going to be kegging some of it. Uh, yeah. And talking to Ricky, so so you might be able to find it uh, at a very few uh, select locations on draft. And also just one other thing too, since Wes brought up the name, uh, I don't think we talked about that yet. Uh, but it sounds, I gather that the name was Thousand Flowers comes from the fact that it takes. A thousand saffron flowers, I think, to produce how much saffron? One ounce. One, one ounce. ounce. Yeah. Like one gram, I think. Well, our label oh. says one ounce, so we should go with that. Yeah, we'll just let's just say one ounce. <laughs> I got it from Wikipedia. 
Oh, okay. Well, no, it's definitely it's factual. Well, the other thing to point out about this is that uh, the, the label itself kind of deviates from a typical Iron Horse label because it's it's kind of got a more artistic take and it doesn't have the skull anywhere on it. So people need to look for our name on there. Yeah, that's true. They'll be our 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 brand brand fans will be confused like who who made this beer, which is a good market test for us too, right? So. It's good anyway. So, Thousand Flowers, it's getting packaged, I think, on Monday. Monday the 29th, because uh, today is the 25th of October. Um, so, and we'll kind of do a little more press around that, or a little more announcement when that happens. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about beer before we go onto our topics? Nope. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, well, we're going to start off on, the, on a down note. Uh, happy note not 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 that somebody's dead but celebration of life Phil Coors died at 102 years of age which is uh, a remarkable feat on its own considering you're in the beer industry and uh, to make it past 100 at level 102 is pretty amazing and I just want to call a couple of his his contributions do we lose people is it just me now someone got off the uh, I guess Wes may have gotten I think Wes is like I quit I'm done with this he may have been so distraught uh, you know talking about Bill Coors passing I don't know <laughs> yeah. he had to drop out he couldn't do it yeah anyway Get, he, Anyway, one of the one of the biggest contributions that he was uh, responsible for was accelerating the growth of aluminum cans. Right, according to this article that uh, Miller Coors themselves put out. So they, uh, I want to say that, but I don't know. Any thoughts on 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 this passing of a legacy? Well, I mean, I, I would just say, uh, obviously, lived a long life. You know, to 102. That that's that's phenomenal. So so good for him on that, and. and good for him for his achievements too I, I don't think that anybody you know could look back on his life at least his public life and and, and think that that he didn't live uh, you know a full and, and fulfilling life you know I mean it's, I mean geez and I hadn't I hadn't read his uh, you know this this press release yet from from Coors but this blog post but but just going through it now I mean it's just it's amazing like the fact that he worked for them for 65 years uh, you know he uh, what else did I see on here? He, he was basically, I mean, back in like 1959, he was serving as what the chairman, I think, for, for Coors. I mean, that's just wild, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I you know, don't, don't really know what, what else to say. It's just good for good for him for having such a long and fruitful life. I mean, to the industry as a whole, he had some very important contributions and was in large part credited with. Uh, bringing the use of uh, recyclable cans to the industry. So yep. even even just that is a really big achievement. Obviously, uh, one thing that wasn't noted on here though is he was uh, he hated coal miners. Just hated coal miners. I don't know. Just massively. I'm joking. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was true? It was just like. <laughs> So, you know, that, that like what you just mentioned, Wes, about, about him, you know, really leading to the adoption of, of aluminum cans. I almost kind of wonder, did, did uh, you know, widespread use of aluminum for beer cans, did that kind of precede widespread adoption of aluminum cans for like soft drinks, like for soda and whatnot? I mean, like, uh, 
what was you know, I'm not, you know? That's a good question. I'm not sure about yeah, the answer. I don't kind of wonder if, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I really do kind of wonder if, if you know, in, in a way, you know, the, the beer industry was kind of the, the forerunner for, for the soda industry in terms of just canning the product instead of bottling it all, so, um, but yeah. regardless, yeah, that, that's kind of nice that, that, that uh, you know, and, and then now, obviously, you know, the, the, it's been, you know, on just a side tangent, it's been kind of wild to, to watch the craft, you know, beer industry just in the last, what, five, six, seven years really take off in the can direction. I mean, I think we, we've been canning now for what, about five years or so, Jared, does that sound about right to you? Inside uh, that, but yeah. Yeah, and, and we're at the point now where, I mean, like we're just every year, it seems like we're moving further and further away from bottles. Um, so, and which, you know, yeah, there's a little bit more cost associated with canning, uh, you know, just in terms of the packaging, but, um, but I, I do love the fact that it's just a lot easier to recycle cans. So that's cool. I'm glad the whole industry is, is now moving in that direction. That's good. Um, Nicole, do you have anything you want to say on a dead beer legend? Nope. Well, okay. I'll just add one more thing. Uh, sure. another huge impact he had was in, uh, barley and, uh, a lot of important co- contributions to malts were kind of pushed by him. He he uh, advocated a lot for uh, research in barley variety and growing. And a lot of uh, the research that's been done, I'd say, could be tr- contributed to him and others that were kind of pushed that and were asking and looking for that kind of thing so just resistance to disease and vitality in certain growing regions and these kinds of genetic characteristics that uh not only brewers but even the people growing the barley uh are looking for uh new barley varieties in the past 50 years have really come leaps and bounds and it's not would not have been the case if there weren't people like him uh, pushing for those kind of things. Um, and that makes uh, it's true. I mean, it's true. At least the article says it's true, and I be- I believe it because I haven't researched it. And I believe you rest, so that's legitimate enough for me. Um, but that's a that's a perfect transition to the, our next article um, that was uh, from NPR, but it, based sourced on the on a on a paper that was published by the Nature Plants the journal Nature Plants about the serious supply disruptions with barley and how global warming is one of the one of the biggest factors in uh, that's going to lead to a shortage and there's a little bit of controversy around it because our own uh, the beer association brewers associations Bart Watson kind of contradicts that findings I admit to these this article uh, as much as maybe others have so I'm going to shut up now and let you guys talk about it um yeah, go for it, Wes. No, you should. Whatever you're gonna say, Paul. I actually oh, yeah, have. I, was, I, was really, I, I actually I didn't have time to read that article yet. Just so <laughs> giving through it right now, too, Jared. So you're not alone. God, we're so good. We're so That's good for you, podcast listeners. Tell, uh, we have very rigorous research methods. <laughs> yeah, we're very good at our jobs here. It's great. Um, you know, I, I I think it's interesting. I, I appreciate. I always appreciate arguments and the counter arguments. And I think having Bart Watson, who is an economist by trade and by nature, take a look at it and then kind of assess, assess things from an analytical standpoint. And I'm sure this speaks to your cold, dead heart, Paul, uh, about um, just being, being analytical through uh, 
and you know really really the first i mean the gist of the article is just that you know i mean by seeing a you know a major drop in in you know barley production obviously you'd see a resulting increase in price and to that i'd say and and also kind of one of the big you know headlines at the top of the article is 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 something that is is that the the price of beer could could in a sense double you know over the coming decades but i would say that that you know when, when you consider you know that just you know that one ingredient yeah it's it's it's, it's a you know large part of our cost um but still when when you you know add in you know the cost of the other ingredients plus you know the man hours to produce it the capital that's needed to to produce it you know packaging distribution it, it ultimately you know cost the cost of the barley you know in any beer that you're drinking is really just a small fraction of the cost of that overall beer so it's it's hard to imagine a scenario where the price doubles just because uh, of a run up in, in, in you know barley prices uh so i in that sense this article might be a little bit uh you know uh, alarmist um, right, uh, but but you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not an economist. I mean, I'm just just I'm, I'm an accountant. It's a different different kind of nerd. So uh, so I, I I really don't. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm speaking as somebody who's who's barely even read this article, so I'm pretty much talking out of my ass. But but I think you know, <laughs> just waiting for Nicole to chime in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, go for it. What do well, you? Have, what do you I think? don't really have an opinion on it. I just I just think it's makes you think that we need to have bigger conversations about climate change and, and how, you know, start talking about that, how we can prepare for it and how it's going to change the industry. I think that's exactly what, what it triggered for me was that it, to be a bit alarmist and to, if you can get beer drinkers behind the idea that global change and global warming is a real thing, um, they're going to go, they're going to come out in droves to support initiatives that are going to correct that want to have is their beer uh, your beer prices increase or their lack of beer availability. So yeah. it's not, a, it's not a, if it's designed for, you know, political maneuvering, that's, you know, one thing, but if it is, there's a degree of truth to it and you're like, okay, we're going to kind of increase the hyperbole so we can get more support. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I, I don't want disingenuous, you know, white papers published, but I think, I, uh, I, I think I, I like what I, what I like about this article, I, I think in general though, is that, uh, you know, it, it does kind of draw a point from, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they look at global warming and they say, okay, well, why should I give a shit? How the, how's that going to affect me? Well, I mean, if you can kind of point out specific examples of, of hey, you know, you're going to be paying more for, for beer or for, you know, produce or whatever, you know, as a result yeah. of this, or you're, something that you might love doing. Like for me, I'm, I'm a big winter sports enthusiast that loves snowboarding. Uh, and so the idea of, you know, being able to do that, you know, uh, in a shorter, you know, uh, over a shorter season in, in the coming years, you know, really bums me out, and that, that makes me, you know, want to see action taken on on climate change. So, so I think that that, you know, really once you start, you know, kind of connecting the dots and explaining explaining to people, you know, specific instances of how it's going to affect their lives, you know, other parts of the world, it's going to obviously devastate, which sucks. Uh, and it's unfortunate that that alone isn't enough to motivate people here in, in you know the developed world. Um, but but hopefully at least by pointing out the, you know the kind of the inconveniences or the added costs that 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 we're all going to face, you know that that might be enough to help spur uh, you know uh, action. So I, yeah, I, don't know. I guess we'll see. I will provide a couple. I don't even want to call them counterpoints, but maybe at least people, especially people that drink craft beer maybe don't have to be too worried about this the effect 
of the climate on beer. Um, one, as I, it looks like um, Bart Watts and others in the Brewers Association and Barley Growers have pointed out is, and kind of how I touched on that the research has been put in the last few years, it continues to be, uh, barley can be bred for adverse conditions. And in the past, it's actually been bred to survive colder conditions. And uh, um, it's relatively temperature tolerant and uh, certain varieties and genetic characteristics, I think, can be bred to tolerate different climates. And uh, Shut up, Wes. You're just undermining my whole point. We're, we're trying yeah, exactly. to scare people here, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is the cockroach of uh, of, of uh, grains. <laughs> so at least short term, I think it's going to be okay. And on top of that, I will say, if the it, the climate gets to a point where it's having a significant adverse impact on barley production, I think we lost West. West, did we lose you? I, I'm guessing just... probably the point that he was driving at was that if 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 it gets that bad that it's, that it's affecting barley production to that level, we probably got a lot bigger things to worry about. Than yeah. Of, of yeah. yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be all, all, all crops that are going to be threatened at yeah. that point. So. And the amount of barley produced for brewing that craft brewers combined use is pretty insignificant compared to uh, how much large brewers uh, combined use. So. Sure. Even if we got to a point where things barley uh, production ended up starting to decrease, it, it, at least in the uh, short frame time frame, it's really not going to have an impact too much on craft brewers. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on uh, because well, I can't speak anymore on this, so and it's all about me, right, guys? Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> the uh, th- this is a this is an article um, that. There's actually a couple regarding other premise locations, and this in particular is talking about Carnival, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, and Brewmaster trying to bring more craft beer to the cruise lines. Iron Horse has benefited from this occasion. We've we've done one uh, occasion where we've hosted three different sessions during a cruise, uh, Carnival Cruise out of Seattle, and. Um, I don't know how successful it was because Greg and, and Natalia went, but I'm sure it was great. Um, and I think we're doing another one out of out of Florida, so it, it's an interesting proposition. Anyway, I don't know whoever posted this. You want to talk about it? Well, Why you posted those, it? those me. Uh, I just I think uh, the intersection of beer and uh, recreation and tourism in general, the intersection of those two industries, is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, previously on the podcast, we've talked about um, like hotels and uh, different places that people stay. How these kind of locations have jumped on board and uh, kind of had a positive impact on their business by aligning themselves with craft beer. So this is just kind of another segment of the recreation and tourism industry doing so, and it's it's interesting to see that happen. And I think whether it be other cruises or other aspects of the recreation and tourism industry, I'd say there's definitely still more um, innovation and opportunities out there to be had. Yeah. You know, uh, this is a, a slight tangent, but I, at our, at the dinner, 
6,000 people at this conference, which is massive, right? Um, and, at, and at the dinner, you only had two options for uh, served alcohol, red wine or white wine. And I just, <laughs> I look, there's other opportunities, but the, that, the table service was just those two options. And I'm like, as, a, as an industry, as a craft industry, we still have a long way to go where we make that kind of a staple of, you know, the, the conference industry or the other. So it's encouraging to see cruise lines trying to adopt this and like create these experiences that are a little bit, man, I just was like, we have so far, so far to go before we hit any level of, you know, daily significance compared to what, excuse me, compared to what wine has already been able to do. Yeah, and I, I think the importance of beer being used in an experiential uh, frame, I, I think, is an important aspect of that and plays into especially what relatively younger drinkers are looking for is that experiential aspect along with what they're drinking, whether that be cruise ship or something else. Right. Like if roller derby uh, bouts had the ability to serve alcohol at their events, we would probably see an uptick in overall engagement, both by the audience and uh, and the roller derby people themselves. Is that right, Nicole? Yeah. If Ellensburg had a large empty space <laughs> that you could rent and fit a track in and uh, get an alcohol permit for, then yeah, absolutely. Let's see. So these other occasion places are, it, it, it's happening everywhere. So it's, I, I know, it's pretty, it's pretty encouraging. We should all try to see if we can make our, just book a cruise and then we'll just bring our own beer and create our own experience for people we're sitting next to. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to say about that? Nope. No? <laughs> Nicole's done. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited done. for the next one. Yeah, this is, this is actually quite interesting. Uh, I love this. Well, why don't you take the lead? Go for it. Well, I, I guess Wes is the one who shared this article. Uh, Off-Color Brewing is creating smaller um, bottles of beer, so eight-ounce bottles, and four, sold in a four-pack. And I think that's just great because I personally do not want to have to open a 22-ounce bottle and drink 22 ounces of beer. For me, an eight-ounce bottle is like the ideal size for a beer. So I'm really excited about this. Um, I, I think especially with uh, you know beers that are that are higher ABV, uh, th this is a great way to market them. You know, just because I mean a lot of people, uh, you know, they really don't, uh, you know, they, they really might enjoy the flavor of, of you know a, a higher alcohol beer, uh, but just they can't handle you know some, as much quantity of it. So. Uh, you know, for me, like, I, I, you know, if I'm getting like, like, so for example, like, you know, our, our double IPA that we're serving in the pub right now, in-law, um, uh, I, or is it a double IPA or an Imperial? There's no difference. Yeah. Uh, Wes, you're, 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 you're the beer. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, but anyway, uh, you know, I mean, we're only serving that in schooners, which, you know, I mean, I agree with, I, I think that's, you know, that, that's probably the best way to enjoy it. So, so, so to be able to just, you know, pop open an eight ounce, eight ounce bottle, uh, I love that idea. I think it's great. Plus, it's so small and cute, and it exactly. photographs well on I Instagram. Wrote it cute and little. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just tiny. 
And the great thing is you can just hold it. Like I, I can hold it because I have, you know, my, I'm not a, I'm not a tall person by any means. So if I can hold it and like, this is a 22 ounce bomber. Look how big I am as a human being. <laughs> um, it's quite nice. Yeah, I think it's cool. The, the small package format, it makes sense. We saw we saw other brands, non-alcohol brands, even try this format with, you know, like Coke with their eight. I think they're 10 ounce or eight ounce, um, you know, soda. And I, I love it. For me, if we can get a way, or find a way to get juice boxes to, to be able to hold pressure, I think we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna win. We're gonna win the industry if we can have juice boxes yeah, that hold beer. Every, <laughs> Every Saturday soccer. So well, are we, they that's the invention we need to They would have to be. I would think we that would that's what you would lead with. If you invented that product that would work, you have to lead with a, a juicy IPA. I mean you could at least we could at least design like if we ever did a juicy IPA, we could at least do some kind of like a like a uh, you know, like a packaging for, for a six pack that looks like a juice box, right? And then like Yeah, I maybe think they best thing. I think somebody does. Oh, I think somebody yeah. God, I thought yeah. I had a great idea. I'm just gonna stay in a camera. I'm not gonna yeah. switch the yeah. last thing. Yeah, just, I just I, my ideas suck. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. They don't suck. Just someone else had it first. Um, there, yeah, it, it's exciting. We'll see how well it does, right? And I mean, like, what level of um, uh, see if it pushes a trend anywhere. I had this. I sent a, 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 a comment to, to Dane about, you know, with the with how much it's been uh, trouble getting aluminum cans recently the number the amount i'm like maybe we maybe we switch to a, a bottle track 12 ounce you know bottles because that, that was really big for a long time i i still prefer a can it's obviously best for the beer overall but think about every movie you watch or every tv show you watch you rarely see them in cans you see them in bottles it's still like the the sexiness comes comes from the, out of the bottle with the can yeah, that's a different tactile sensory experience. Yeah, right. So maybe we just need to. Maybe that should be one of our merch items. Is like pour your bottle. Like what? Like here's a here's a permanent bottle that you can have, and you can pour your canned beer into it, and you can drink it out of a bottle and feel great. Maybe that's how we compete with the wine industry. Yeah, that's right. The article itself says they're trying to promote the idea of elegance in a super premium product. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Is the bottle still, uh, at least in most consumers' minds, uh, denotes more of a premium product than a can yeah. does. So, right. whether it should or not, it commands a can command a higher price for sure. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. It, you know, and then you put it in a glass, and then nobody cares. But before then, um, this was interesting. So I, it, it's funny. This our this was just this just launched. Uh, we're going to talk about the next uh the next big thing out of by planters and that's the what's it called the ipa nut the ipa nut yeah and the can looks like the mr peanut yeah well it was funny is that so one of the one of the speakers uh, her name was megan and i say that because it's m-a-g-e-n i think she works for uh craft heinz and she was talking about a number of case studies that they've done with the oscar meyer and this kind of stuff but then right the, the last slide was and we just launched this and it was the planters mr ipa nut which it's funny they said it's not gimmicky it feels a little gimmicky to me but it's also uh also why not why not do it would you and drink they, it i didn't i didn't drink it they didn't bring any which oh. is i think they should have <clears throat> 
Um, but it was it was the idea. It was all centered around how nostalgic branding um, people that they love. We start combining that and allowing allowing these experiences of people to see what they love, peanuts and beer, putting into one and um, providing that for for customers. It's going to have a lot of viral activity, and they've already had a ton of engagement out of it. Even it's only just dropped a couple of days ago. So. Excuse me. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it would be interesting. Like it's, there's that line there where you're trying to kind of balance between uh, nostalgia without seeming too gimmicky. And it's kind of interesting to see where some products fall on the side of whatever side of that line they're on. But I think it's also worth thinking about what uh, other kinds of products and experiences could play into that formula what would you what would something a nostalgic thing be that any of you would want to see and uh collaborated with the beer some something with laffy taffy uh fruity pebbles fruity pebbles <laughs> here's the here's the thing so like like about 10 or 12 years ago uh henry weinhardt's made a beer uh, it was like their summer reserve, which I think they changed the recipe for every year. But but they had a recipe that I swear to God, the aftertaste on it was it was just like fruity pebbles, and that's what I mean. Like the whole, we drank that stuff like all summer, and we didn't even call it you know Henry's special reserve. We just called it just fruity pebbles. Uh, and I and then they changed the re- the recipe the next year, and I was heartbroken, and it's never been the same. So I would love to see somebody actually maybe it's, maybe it was all the maybe it was all the weed you were smoking though fall there was a fair amount of weed being smoked um i'm not gonna lie but uh no that would that, yeah if somebody actually took that on like like in all seriousness seriousness that would that would just like I, I could die happy so what a good thing for the brewer though right they're gonna get this they get this conglomerate this massive consumer packaged goods company um with Kraft Heinz and they reached out to them produce this beer it's limited run and maybe they didn't need the exposure but they certainly have it now right well and it's a pretty relatively small brewery i think it said yeah. noon whistle produced under two thousand barrels last right. year right so yeah if you're uh, a brewery that's looking to grow and expand that's definitely a valuable opportunity to seize that right and and uh it'd be interesting to know how they chose them like how do they arrive at that that's not written here because you can see the story, but then you kind of want to know, does somebody know? Yeah, the only thing I saw was that they chose someone, they wanted to choose a brewery that was headquartered in the same city as uh, Kraft Heinz. So I don't know how they narrowed it down from that point because there's plenty of breweries in the Chicago area and ones that are more well-known and larger than that. So I'd be curious how they narrowed it down after deciding on a specific geographic region. But I, I would, if I had a guess, um, and you guys can all take your own guess, I think um, it would have to be from a fan favorite, somebody that works with Kraft Heinz. Like, oh, this is a brewery I go to, you gotta use these guys. And that's probably how it surfaced. Yeah, I'd say that's a reasonable uh, hypothesis. Nicole, it's not pickles. It's not pickles, but I tried a pickle beer when I was working at an event at the Oregon Brew Fest this summer, and you know, it wasn't a fan, surprisingly. 
So maybe I'd be a fan of this one. I don't know. I think you can just drink uh, just like the pickle juice that's left over and then do a shot of Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that, guys. That's our. We're not. We're out of the craft beer is, industry. We're is just gonna. It low find carb because it's got peanuts. It's, it's got nuts. So I guess what are you know? Is there any ed- added health benefits or you know it's healthier than other beers? Uh, there's more salt, so there's more electrolytes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's the link. Yes. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, you're just trying to connect it somewhere. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I don't. It'd be interesting to try it. Too bad they didn't bring any. And it's uh, limited availability and it won't be produced. Well, who knows if it'll be produced, but they say limited run. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go look for that if you live in the area. Which what, Did we say where the area was? I don't think we did. Uh, I think it was like uh, north, or was it Chicago and like northern Illinois in general? I yeah. yeah. Only in Illinois at Noon Whistle Tap Room and in four packs, $9.99 at Better Beer Stores. Oh. Uh, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nicole, why don't you tell us what what else is going on with Iron Horse? Uh, Well, this Saturday, October 27th, we're hosting our pumpkin party at the pub because pumpkins are for carving, not for beer. So it's a family-friendly party, um, and it goes from 2 to 5 p.m. at the pub. $7 for a small pumpkin, $12 for a large and then after you decorate or carve your pumpkin, we'll take pictures and post them to the pub's Facebook page, and then people will vote on the winners. And the winner will get tickets to see the new Grinch movie. That's a that's a great prize. Also, if you're listening to this, listeners, and it's after a Halloween, but you happen to have a pumpkin, if you want to take a photo of you punching that pumpkin with your bare fists and send it to us, we'll find a way to reward you for that picture. I just want to. I just wanted to say that. I just made that up on the spot. I like. But who who wouldn't want to see a video or a picture of somebody punching a pumpkin? I don't know. I think everyone would want to see it. <laughs> okay. Good. Thanks. Thanks, Nicole. You're welcome. And oh, this is great news. So, on November second, we're hosting a, a first Friday art show featuring the cousins of Iron Horse Brewery. The exhibition is called Sports Balling, and one of our pieces arrived today. So this will be oh, it did. Pub. Yeah, and we'll also have different sports themed activities. Paul will be there signing autographs. Um, I don't know if West West are you planning to go sign autographs uh, I, there? I should be there, yeah. So be ready for the paparazzi. Exactly. You're going to want to be there uh, to get your chance to meet these celebrities of Iron Horse Brewery. <laughs> um what was the piece? Which piece showed up? Let's just, let's just air it uh, out. The large one. The largest one. Oh, oh good. Bros for Life. That's the title. Bro, of that bros one. for Life. Uh, yeah, for those that might be interested, that's a, that's a Greg and Ross uh, featured, featured print. Uh, that's great. Well, I have nothing else to say. I hope that um, if, we, if you guys want end, to end things, to be done with it, we can... We can rate how anchor fm worked anchor.fm podcast listener uh email podcast at ironhorsebrewery.com give us a rating of five stars or four stars yeah three stars or or one let us know if you liked this episode and if the quality was okay yeah so to our listeners we've done uh we've done two two back-to-back just uh different 
different formats that aren't like our normal format. So now you have three to choose from. So that's what we do. Uh, Paul, any any data you want to share before we sign off? I just figured you'd like to talk about numbers. Well, you know, uh, nothing really comes to mind right now. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the breweries, you know, we're just, we're, we're still obviously making money hand over fist and, and, uh, you know, uh, Scrooge uh, no, no raises for everyone. Um, you know, we're just going to, uh, uh, yeah. And, and you know, yeah. Nope. Everything's copacetic. Excellent. Hey, Wes, how about you? How's your, how's the production world? It's good. Uh, we're, we'll have another pilot coming out soon. So if you're in the, uh, Ellensburg area or uh, anywhere that seems to be getting some of our pilot batches uh, keep an eye out for that sounds good Nicole um, how's the office and anything else you want to say the office is great Uh, we've been releasing exclusive interviews with the celebrities of the sports balling exhibit this week on Facebook so I would just encourage you to check them out to learn more Uh, that's good okay well, I've got nothing else to add, so we're going to end this. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Life Behind Beer. Thank you, uh, Nicole and Paul and Wes, for being the hosts of this podcast. And we're going to sign off now. All right. So, Bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.